Welcome to Professor Lan A.I.'s podcast series, Understanding Humanity, an A.I.'s Perspective. In this series, we asked our learning and narrating A.I. what a professor would teach a group of students if they wanted to understand the totality of the human experience in 100 lectures. Our A.I. then proceeded to define the lecture topics, research them, compose its findings into podcasts, and narrate them in its own voice. This episode is titled, Contemporary Literature, Postmodernism and Beyond. We hope you enjoy. Part 1. Introduction to Contemporary Literature. In our cultural lexicon, the term contemporary literature captures a broad span of written work produced from the mid-nineteenth century onwards. On a global scale, this literature serves as a vivid lens, bearing witness to historical milestones, political upheavals, societal transformations, and the intricate threads that weave humanity's narrative. Yet, in the academic sphere, it's more narrowly defined, typically encompassing works from the second half of the twentieth century up to the present. A pivotal period within this scope is the postmodernist era, which emerged during the mid to late century. Grappling with the aftereffects of devastating world wars, the disillusionment with grand narratives, and the rise of consumerism, postmodernist literature deviated from traditional literary boundaries, forging new territories in form, content, and narrative style. Postmodernism is characterized by a non-linear narrative, often fragmentary and absurd, bending time and space to push boundaries. It rejects the absoluteness of meaning, the singularity of truth, and eradicates the line between high and low culture. Thus, irony, pastiche, parody, and self-reflexivity are common tropes found within its works. It valorizes plural voices, surfaces the silenced subaltern narratives, and embraces the intertextuality of texts, often borrowing and rewriting from a larger cultural pool of knowledge. Fast forward to the twenty-first century, contemporary literature bears the impression of its postmodern predecessor, but also transcends it, fostering an environment that accommodates a multitude of literary trends. It reflects an ever-diversifying world, marked by an intersection of cultures, ideologies, and experiences. We can observe these interconnected knots of postmodernism and present-day literary trends in various manifestations. Contemporary literature from post-apocalyptic narratives, metafiction, autofiction, graphic novels, digital literature, to multicultural and post-colonial fiction, aspires to the postmodern ethos of content and structural subversion, yet it simultaneously echoes the urgency of present societal concerns, the existential dread of climate change, the call for increased representation, the fear and hope entwined with emerging technology, it's intriguing to see how contemporary literature mirrors the postmodern skepticism towards grand narrative. Yet it often infuses a renewed engagement with subjectivity and sincerity, dealing boldly and sensitively with issues of identity, race, gender, environmental devastation, and technological pervasion. This ongoing negotiation, the reciprocal dialogue between contemporary literature and postmodernism, makes for an intriguing study. Through this exploration, we can better understand not only the richness of the literary field, but also its function as a resonant societal mirror. The ever-evolving nature of contemporary literature leads us to a multi-dimensional crossroads. Will the future see a more elemental shift from postmodernist thought? Or will it continue to evolve and incorporate the essence of postmodernism in novel ways? While the trajectory is uncertain, one thing holds true. Contemporary literature is a dynamic space, constantly redefined by its enduring legacy, its present evolution and its potential trajectory. Part 2. Origins and Influences of Postmodern Literature The second section, Origins and Influences of Postmodern Literature, explores the genesis of this literary trend. Postmodernism, a complex and multifaceted movement, did not emerge in a vacuum but was born from the influential foundation of its predecessor, modernism. Modernist literature, a seismic shift in and of itself, grappled with the notion of an inherently chaotic and fragmented reality, a world irredeemably fragmented by the horrors of World War I. Writers such as T.S. Eliot and Virginia Woolf, with works that fragmented narrative structures and elevated subjective consciousness, acted as the torchbearers of modernism and unknowingly set the stage for the advent of postmodernism. Cultural and historical factors deeply informed the emergence of postmodernism, sculpting its distinctive characteristics. 
The culmination of World War II laid bare the grotesque capacities of humanity on a scale unlike any before, shattering notions of progress and rationality cultivated during the Enlightenment and industrialized age. The war's aftermath exposed the limits of grand theories or meta-narratives, paving the way for the skepticism and visceral cynicism that would come to shape postmodern thought. Technological advancements and growing consumer culture contributed too, heralding in an age of mass media and communication. These paradigm shifts intertwined with the disillusionment led writers on a quest that distanced them from established norms, questioned grand truths and embraced the relative, the fragmented and the decentered. Postmodern literature thus reveled in pastiche paradox and playful illusion, eschewing clear-cut moral codes or definitive interpretations in the process. Key postmodern theorists like Jean-François Lyotard, Jacques Derrida, and Michael Foucault wielded substantial influence on this burgeoning literary movement. Lyotard questioned the legitimacy of grand narratives, emphasizing the multiplicity of smaller, localized narratives. Derrida's theory of deconstruction destabilized the rigid hierarchies within language, prompting a reconsideration of meaning and representation in literature. Foucault's exploration of power dynamics and discursive formations further enriched the critical perspective within postmodern literature, making it a site for subversive and provocative introspection. In essence, the modernist precursors, through their exploration of fragmented reality, unknowingly laid a fertile ground wherein postmodernism could germinate. Cultural and historical events, particularly the disillusionment post-World War II, birthed the cynicism and relativism that marks postmodernist thought. The insights of postmodern theorists redefining language narratives and truth added their bit to the churning from which rose a literature that was ready to question everything and take nothing for granted and we keep exploring this incredibly complex, multifaceted literary style further in other sections ahead. Part 3. Key Features of Postmodern Literature In our exploration of the labyrinth of postmodern literature, three discernible and often intersecting elements rise to prominence, intertextuality and parody, metafiction and self-reflexivity, and fragmentation and non-linearity. Each of these contributes in its unique way to the intricate mosaic of postmodern literature that we know today. Intertextuality, a term coined by Julia Kristeva in 1966, speaks to the notion that a text does not exist as an isolated entity but is in constant dialogue with other texts. This feature of postmodern literature is often showcased through the use of parody, which, while on one hand mimics and mocks previously established conventions, on the other pays tribute to them, fostering a link between the past and the present. A quintessential example can be found in Umberto Eco's The Name of the Rose, where the narrative is heavily intertextual, drawing upon religious texts, detective fiction, and medieval philosophy. Metafiction, the second pillar of postmodern literature, reverberates with the weight of self-awareness. The text is cognizant of its fictionality and reflects on its own processes, often involving the reader in its introspective journey. Postmodern narrative no longer aspires to be a mirror showing reality, but becomes a distorting glass, prompting its spectators to question the borders between fiction and reality. The genre-bending novel Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut makes extensive use of metafiction, acutely highlighting the constructs of storytelling. Fragmentation and non-linearity, the third characteristic, breaks the hegemony of the grand narratives as postmodern works often present disjointed, fragmented narratives instead of a seamless, linear flow. Reflecting multifarious perspectives, their structures are much like disjointed patches of a quilt that need to be stitched together by the readers. Catch-22 by Joseph Heller demonstrates a remarkable engagement with this aspect of postmodern literature, moving back and forth in time, thus attacking the idea of an authoritative historical narrative. But why does postmodern literature so passionately embrace these features? Simply because they serve to underscore a crucial postmodern precept. The incredulity toward metanarratives, Postmodern literature, rather than upholding singular, overarching verities, celebrates multiplicity and playfulness. Through the prisms of intertextuality and parody, it engages works of the past, deconstructing and rearranging them while creating its own narrative. The self-reflexivity of metafiction causes it to turn in upon itself, questioning not just content but form, radically changing what a novel, a poem, or a play can be, 
and the fragmentation and non-linearity force us to confront a myriad of voices rejecting any linear command and beckoning us into a shared dance of meaning-making. As bewitching and labyrinthine the world of postmodern literature may be, these key features offer a guiding north star, illuminating its fissured landscape. As long as one stays attuned to such markers, one can negotiate the terrain armed with not just an understanding of what postmodern literature is, but why it matters. One is then ready to encounter its startling metamorphoses in form and genre, which, as we shall see, represent nothing less than a revolution in literature. Part 4. The Revolution of Form and Genre The revolution of form and genre stands as a critical frontier in the realm of contemporary literature, particularly within postmodernist works. It manifests in the blurring of distinctions between high and low culture, the evolution of narrative technique and style, and the rise of experimental forms in postmodern fiction. Compellingly, these dimensions intertwine into an engaging, complex mosaic that challenges conventional expectations and expands the potential of the written narrative. The postmodern movement fascinatingly erodes the traditional boundaries separating high and low culture. Traditionally, high culture, symphonies, classic literature, fine art, remained ensconced in the realm of the elite and educated while low culture, pop music, comic books, graffiti, emerged as accessible platforms for the masses. However, postmodern literature rejects these elitist demarcations, opting to find meaning, beauty, and substance in all facets of human creation. Emerging writings reference a plethora of artifacts, from highbrow Shakespearean allusions to nods toward pop culture icons like the Beatles and Marvel comics. This cultural mixing mirrors the growing democratization of knowledge and culture in an increasingly digital, globally connected world, forever altering how we perceive and interact with art. Postmodernist literature also presents a substantive evolution in narrative technique and style. In the traditional narrative, a limited or omniscient narrator guides the reader through a neatly designed linear plot, filled with smoothly developing characters and clear conflicts. Postmodern narrative contrarily disrupts these norms. The narrative perspective is often unreliable or fragmented, challenging the reader's perception of truth and fact. The literature is notoriously playful with its structure. Stories within stories, non-linear plots, multiple endings, which discourages passive reading and instead incites active engagement with the text and its complex themes. Critically, the postmodern era also inaugurates a proliferation of experimental forms in fiction. Traditional genres such as the novel, short story, and poetry evolve into innovative hybrids as authors experiment with mixing prose and poetry, fact and fiction, traditional plot structures with unconventional forms such as listicles, footnotes, and email exchanges. Authors like Mark Z. Danieleski, with his workhouse of leaves, employs typographical genius to enhance the narrative. Pages with just a few words, mirrored texts, upside-down passages, all to immerse the reader into the labyrinth the novel itself represents. This embracement of unconventional forms underscores the postmodernist value that form should reflect content, suggesting that the structure of a narrative should complement its thematic essence. The revolution of form and genre in contemporary literature opens up a wealth of possibilities for exploration and expression. It serves as a testament to the extent of human creativity, the vast potential available in the written word, and, importantly, the ability of literature to adapt to and reflect the changing dynamics and conditions of the world we inhabit. Part 5. Notable Postmodern Authors and Works The rich tapestry of postmodern literature is beautifully adorned with a series of profound and influential authors and works. Thomas Pynchon, Don DeLillo, and Margaret Atwood stand amongst the most pivotal figures, embodying the essence of postmodern themes and techniques in their respective masterpieces, The Crying of Lot 49, White Noise, and The Handmaid's Tale. Thomas Pynchon's cryptic novella, The Crying of Lot 49, is an exemplar of postmodern literature. Its layered narrative unveils Oedipamias, a woman who tumbles into an enigma of conspiracy, paranoia, and uncertainty as she attempts to execute her ex-lover's will. Pynchon skillfully employs intricate detailing, ambiguity, and an eclectic array of pop-cultural references throughout the text. These elements culminate in a narrative labyrinth mirroring the overarching postmodern sentiment of reality, 
as an overwhelmingly complex and undecipherable mystery. Don DeLillo, another luminary, embodies an obsession with mass media, consumerism and information saturation in his critically acclaimed novel White Noise. The story, which follows a year in the life of a contemporary, blended American family delves into explorations of death, fear, and the impact of technology and media on perception. DeLillo's white noise is garnished with satirical commentary and poignant meanderings on existential angst, embedding it firmly within the realm of postmodern discourse. In terms of feminist postmodern literature, Margaret Atwood provides a crucial voice through her dystopian novel, The Handmaid's Tale. The narrative presents a grim portrayal of a future society where women are stripped of their rights and reduced to mere child-bearing machines. Atwood employs a non-linear narrative layered with intertextual references to craft an intricate critique against patriarchal structures and religious fundamentalism. This iconic piece is as much a reflection of postmodern skepticism towards grand narratives and ideologies as it is a bold statement of the feminist struggle. These authors provide a nuanced exploration into the postmodern condition, offering diverse perspectives and interpretations that further enrich the postmodern literary landscape. Their titles offer an abundance of cultural commentary and challenging narrative techniques that help to anchor the significant role that postmodern literature plays in contemporary literacy discourse. The profound insights gathered from key-coding these postmodern works continue to stimulate compelling discussions in academic circles, offering an inexhaustive portal into the postmodern psyche. It is through authors like Pynchon, DeLillo, and Atwood that we can more deeply understand the complex and multidimensional fabric of postmodern literature. This brings us to a brief pause in our discussion, as we prepare to delve into the diversifying voices of postcolonial and global literature in our next segment. Hold on to this understanding of our notable postmodern authors as we continue our exploration of contemporary literature. Part 6. Diversifying Voices, Postcolonial and Global Literature in this section, we delve into a significant faction of contemporary literature, post-colonial and global literature. Here, the emphasis is on examining literature from regions that witnessed the rule of colonial powers and subsequent independence. As another arm of postmodernism, post-colonial literature mirrors the conditions, history, and tumult embedded in societies that experienced colonial subjugation. The theoretical foundation of post-colonial literature, known as post-colonial theory, attends to the human consequences of external control and economic exploitation of native people, their lands and their resources. It scrutinizes the social, cultural, and political power structures that enabled Western nations to exert control over the other. The post-colonial text is a witness to critique of and counter-narrative against imperial domination. A luminary in post-colonial literature is Salman Rushdie, whose works meticulously explore the cultural clash between the East and the West. His novel Midnight's Children, for instance, is unabashedly political, highlighting the effects of British colonial rule and India's subsequent independence and partition into two states, while Gabriel Garcia Marquez, a Latin American writer, maps the fallout of European colonialism on the Colombian landscape and psyche in One Hundred Years of Solitude, a cornerstone of magic realism. Further east, Chinua Achebe's seminal work, Things Fall Apart, dismantles the exoticized linear stereotype of Africa by generating a nuanced portrayal of the Igbo society grappling with the brunt of British colonialism. These authors and countless others exhibit a common thread, hybridity and cultural exchange. The concept of hybridity in post-colonial literature represents a mixture of cultural signs and practices from the colonizing and colonized cultures. Rushdie's characters often grapple with dual identities, just like the author himself, derived from their layered cultural experiences. Likewise, Marquez's magical realism signifies a confluence of indigenous Latin American belief systems and Western rationality. To conclude this section without conclusively ending the diversification of voices through post-colonial and global literature, offer a rich tapestry of narratives nipped at the intersections of cultural, racial, and historical touchpoints. These works present readers with a lens into the lives, dilemmas, and sociopolitical struggles of individuals and societies that have been historically underrepresented or misrepresented in Western literature. 
thus echoing the spirit of postmodernism in the quest for decentralization and democratization of literary space. Part 7. Feminist Literature in the Postmodern Context The junction of postmodernism and feminism in literature represents more than a simple overlap of two powerful intellectual and artistic movements. It marks the intersection of questions pertaining to structure, discourse, identity, and power. A distinctly significant stage in evolution of feminist literature, this conjunction redefined how we approach women's writing, with a vivid focus on language and narrative techniques. Postmodern feminist literature thrives on the peripheries of structuralist norms, breaking barriers of traditionally accepted literary forms and probing into the undeniable patriarchal constructs inherent in language. Authors such as Angela Carter, Toni Morrison, and Jeanette Winterson have greatly influenced this genre, their works challenging the accepted norms of storytelling and expression while grappling with themes of gender, sexuality, and power differentials. Angela Carter, often celebrated as one of Britain's most prominent feminist writers, articulated the dialectics of gender through her radical revision of fairy tales and the bloody chamber. She used postmodern literary techniques of intertextuality and parody to distort standard fairy tale narratives, empowering her female characters in the process. Meanwhile, the Nobel laureate Toni Morrison explored the intersectionality of race, gender, and class through her poignant portrayal of black American lives and beloved blending various narrative voices and styles, further contributing to the form of feminist postmodern literature. Jeanette Winterson, another influential name, subverted existing gender norms while playing with form and style in oranges are not the only fruit, creating new ground for the exploration of queer identities. One of the key elements contributing to the dynamism of feminist literature in a postmodern context is the fluidity and malleability of its narrative. Every narrative stance, style, or change operates as an intentional move to challenge, critique, or expose predominating power dynamics embedded in our cultural and the societal discourses. Through the employment of decentered narratives, non-linear storylines, and metafiction, these authors shatter the notion of an absolute truth, instead revealing truth as multiple and variable. Their texts operate as a space for dialogue, ushering the readers into active participation in determining the meaning of the story, a reflection of the simultaneous communal and intensely individual nature of feminist struggle. Additionally, language plays a profound role in the feminist literary endeavor. For a long time, language has been viewed as a tool furthering patriarchal hegemony, distorted to marginalize, silence, or subjugate the voices of women. Postmodern feminist authors, by converting language from a weapon of suppression into a medium of liberation, challenge power dynamics, deconstruct gendered binaries, and critique patriarchal ideology. Their innovative use of language, often using language plays and subversion of linguistic norms, illuminates the feminist exploration of identity, expression, experience, and power. It allows us to contemplate how gender identities are socially constructed, understood and interpreted within a wider sociolinguistic and political context, reinforcing the idea that words are a direct conduit, carrying in them power relations and cultural norms, the literature created in this intersection between feminism and postmodernism ultimately invites us into a novel understandings of gender, power, language, and narrative. As readers, we become co-authors, exploring the layers of complexities buried beneath social constructs and resulting in a continuously expanding conversation on human understanding and existence. Part 8. Literature and Pop Culture Graphic Novels and Comics Within the realm of contemporary literature, a unique evolution has taken place that merges literary brilliance and pop culture, notably seen in the rise and legitimization of graphic novels. Once dismissed as a simplistic or immature medium dominated by superhero narratives, graphic novels have emerged as a multifaceted art form, wielding intricate storytelling techniques and compelling themes that rival those of traditional prose. The shift in perception occurred gradually, built upon noteworthy works combining engaging plots, intricate artwork, and refreshed perspectives on culture, philosophy, and politics. The legitimization and rise of graphic novels began with innovative authors who leveraged the medium's unique ability to effortlessly intertwine visuals and text, creating layers of depths unfathomable within the confines of traditional prose. A seminal figure in this shift is Alan Moore. 
Both Five for Vendetta and Watchmen are considered cornerstones of the genre. Five for Vendetta paints a dystopian picture of a future fascist United Kingdom through visually rich panels, while Watchmen is a deconstructive tale that radically reimagines the superhero narrative. Moore's works highlight the genre's potential to engage with complex sociopolitical critiques, articulating them through a blend of words and images. Art Spiegelman's Pulitzer Prize-winning Maus marks another milestone in the acceptance of graphic novels as legitimate literary expression. Geniusly employing anthropomorphic characters, Spiegelman narrates the Holocaust, with Jews portrayed as mice and Nazis as cats. This sophisticated narrative dissects the horrors of war and its aftermath, highlighting not just the potential of the genre, but its ability to navigate sensitive topics with great visual and textual precision. The legitimization of graphic novels is largely associated with their potential to cater to a mass audience, reaching across ages, backgrounds, and nationalities. Their visual appeal, coupled with stories that range from historical narratives to contemporary issues of gender, race, and class, is key to their mainstream acceptance and popularity. But this rise is not just a cultural phenomenon. It is an expansion of the literary landscape itself. By illustrating stories, these works display an uncharted complexity in narratives, adding a unique dimension to contemporary literature. The rise of the graphic novel is inseparable from contemporary literature's postmodern trend of blurring the lines between high and low culture. The very nature of graphic novels, rooted in popular culture yet tackling sophisticated themes, embodies this postmodern tendency, with the unassuming comic strip format facilitating discussion on diverse, often intense topics. As such, graphic novels are increasingly recognized within academic circles, dissected for their literary themes, symbols, and cultural commentary. The graphic novel, once marginalized and overlooked, found a voice resonating in readers across the globe. Through innovative storytelling, complex themes, and an engaging visual style, it proves literature is an ever-evolving art form, ingeniously assimilating elements from pop culture. This bold interplay of visuals and text is now a celebrated part of the broad spectrum of contemporary literature, pushing the boundaries of narrative possibilities and enriching our collective literary landscape. Looking forward, we can only anticipate what new forms, genres, and narratives the future literature will unfold. Part 9. Hyperreality and the Beat Generation The concept of hyperreality, an illusion so convincingly real that it becomes indistinguishable or even more appealing than reality itself, found both its birth and both its birth and breeding ground in the fertile mindscapes of postmodern thought. It is an idea derived from semiotics and post-structuralist theory, with Italian theorist Umberto Eco and French sociologist Jean Baudrillard leading the discourse. At its core, the idea of hyperreality examines our interaction with reality, how we perceive it, and how such perceptions may be manipulated or constructed. Under the realm of hyperreality, copies or simulations of the real create an intensified reality, blurring the boundaries between the artificial and the authentic. Objects, events, or entities that once had a clear referential meaning in the real world are frequently copied and repeated until they lose their original context and significance. As a result, the simulation becomes more real or hyper-real, overtaking the authenticity of the original version. Moving fluidly from heady theory to literary aspiration, we come upon the Beat Generation, a group of American writers and artists whose influence shaped the post-war literary and cultural scene. Underpinned by themes of spirituality, drug use, and rejection of materialistic culture, the Beats were drawn towards the concept of hyper-reality, embedding it in their literary works and lifestyle. Important figures include Jack Kerouac, William S. Burroughs, and Allen Ginsberg, whose experimental styles and content critically reflect upon the nature of reality, identity, and ideology. Kerouac's On the Road, for instance, presents a world where physical travel morphs into a symbolic journey of self-discovery, underlying the illusionary construct of the American dream. The road, in a hyper-realistic sense, becomes more real than the actual socio-political landscape of America, representing freedom, rebellion, and spiritual enlightenment. In contrast, Burroughs in his work Naked Lunch provides a hallucinatory reality created by drug use, pushing beyond the ontological limits of reality into a hyper-realistic dimension. 
the literature of the beat generation confronting and critiquing the hyper-real aspects of the post-war American society bears significance as a precursor to postmodern thought and writing. It acknowledges and transcends the limitations of the familiar, exploring the profound and complex layers of human perception and experience. Through their meaningful engagement with the concept of hyper-reality, the Beat Generation not only challenged societal norms, but also laid foundational stones for postmodern literary themes. Their keen interrogation of the relationship between reality and illusion, and the role of perception in defining the two continues to reverberate in the echelons of contemporary literature, forming a significant literary bridge leading to the terrain of postmodernism and beyond. Interestingly, the exploration of hyperreality within beat literature serves a dual purpose. Both as a social critique aimed to unveil the illusion of the illusion of the ale fabricated by society, and as an aesthetic tool to enhance the sensory richness of narrative landscapes, this careful bifocal vision enables the reader to perceive the world from a perspective that is simultaneously internal and external, thus echoing the inherent duality of postmodernity. Part 10. The Influence of Technology and Media on Literature In the tenth section of our podcast on contemporary literature, we turn our eyes onto the undeniable influence and presence of technology and media in shaping our literature, reading habits, and understanding of the literary world. An integral force in this facet of discussion is undoubtedly the impact of digital technology on literature. The digital age has transformed not only the medium and consumption of literature, but also its creation and dissemination. In the early days, literature was predominantly a print affair. Manuscripts painstakingly inked onto parchment gave way to mass-produced volumes. But still, literature remained tethered to the physical realm. Digital technology, however, unleashed literature from the confines of print, making it accessible, mutable, and interactive. The rise of digital publishing platforms and social media has expanded the sphere of literary discourse, enabling writers and readers to connect in unprecedented ways. This transition has, in effect, democratized the process of literary creation and criticism. A pivotal development has been the advent and growth of a books and online publishing. E-books controversially transform the tactile experience of reading, trading paperback for pixels, Characters once confined to static pages now live on backlit screens, downloaded at the reader's convenience. Platforms like Amazon Kindle, Wattpad, and Smashwords made self-publishing a feasible prospect for numerous authors who might have struggled against the gatekeeping mechanisms of traditional publishing. The Internet also gave birth to a new form of literary expression, fond fiction. Rooted in the enthusiastic exploration of established fictional universes and characters, fan fiction's growth reflects how digital technology has reoriented the traditionally linear author-reader relationship into a more fluid collaborative dynamic. Such creations shared on platforms like fan fiction. Net and AO3 have widened the literary landscape, merging the borders between legitimate writing and enthusiastic amateur fare. The influence of technology, however, extends beyond the creation and dissemination of literature. It also intercepts the reading experience. The transformation of reading in the digital age is multidimensional. With the books, hyperlinks, and multimedia capabilities, digital reading became non-linear, allowing readers to skip, revisit, and cross-reference with ease. Where earlier the reading experience was largely solitary and internal, it has now been externalized and made social through online forums and discussion platforms. Literature in the digital age has thus become an interactive engagement that transcends geographical and cultural barriers. This entire process has reformatted expectations for literary forms and content, amplified author-reader engagements, blurred genre boundaries, and redefined the very concept of authorship. Digital technology and media, in essence, have reconstructed the literary sphere and the ramifications of these influences continue to evolve and deeply impact the way we create, share, and interact with literature. As we move forward, we will continue to explore the nuances and flavors of contemporary literature, examining the phenomenon of autofiction, an intriguing blend of autobiographical realities and fictional narratives. Tune in as we delve deeper into this fascinating literary trend. Part 11. The Era of Autofiction 
The era of autofiction presents a captivating chapter in contemporary literature, bringing forth an innovative genre that blends the line between autobiography and fiction, serving as a stark departure from the conventional notion of factions where the author catalogues life events with literary flourishes. Autofiction blurs the boundaries between reality and imagination. The term autofiction, coined by French author Sergei Dobrovsky in 1977, refers to novels that draw heavily from the author's life but contain elements of fiction, thriving on the interplay of the factual and the fantastical. To penetrate the essence of autofiction, it's pivotal to discuss its key features. At its core, it adheres to the tenet of uncertainty, explicitly demonstrating ambiguity in the mingling of fact and fiction. It is a legitimate representation of reality, but diluted with fictional elements, creating a narrative that oscillates between the author's actual experiences and the reality constructed through their imagination. Just as our memories occasionally populate real experiences with a fictional haze, an autofiction novel is steeped in the first-hand experiences of the writer, but that reality is skewed, contorted, or amplified to meet the author's narrative inclinations. Furthermore, while traditional autobiographies hinge on memory and objectivity, autofiction sways from this path by allowing the author's subjective interpretation to breathe life into the narrative. It encourages the author to retrace their steps, not as an observer, but as an active participant, shaping the narrative according to their perceptions and feelings. This introduces an inherent fluidity to autofiction, paving the way for a more intimate and personalized narration. Another hallmark feature of autofiction lies in its fusion of the author, protagonist, and narrator into a single entity. The author becomes the character shrouded in the disguise of fiction, narrating their own life through the lens of subjectivity. This confounding melange creates a unique narrative voice that is caught between the states of disclosure and imagination, crafting a character who lives in the nebulous zone between the author's reality and the reader's perception. Moving forward, it's essential to discuss key names that have championed the autofiction genre. Figures like Karl of Nausgaard, Rachel Kusk, and Sheila Heaty represent prominent practitioners of this craft. Nausgaard is hailed for his six-volume series, My Struggle, that eloquently explores the minutiae of his life, yet retains captivating stakes, divulging a raw dissection of his existence that juxtaposes memoir with fiction. Kusk's outline trilogy provides a disarming and narrative-heavy interpretation of the genre, wherein the author character reaches into the heart of her experiences through the art of storytelling. Edie, with her innovative novel, How Should a Person Be?, brings in elements of philosophy, playwriting, and emails, breaking the mold of traditional narratives while delving into questions of identity, role, and existence. The era of autofiction has undoubtedly left an indelible mark on contemporary literature, breaking away from normative concepts of autobiography and fiction. It opens avenues to explore the multiplicities of the self, rejecting the singular true narratives presented in traditional autobiographies. By weaving the realms of reality and imagination, authors are given the freedom to present their introspective expeditions laden with subjective interpretations, offering the readers a fresh and invigorating literary perspective. Next, we shall delve into the influence of literary prizes and the literary marketplace on contemporary literature. Part 12. Literary Prizes and the Literary Marketplace the literary market and its intersections with the realm of literary accolades reign supreme in shaping the trajectory of contemporary literature, specifically in dictating popular literary trends. These trends are often largely influenced by the winners of prestigious literary prizes such as the Man Booker Prize and the Pulitzer. Receiving these coveted awards places authors and their works in an esteemed position, often catapulting them into the mainstream literary discourse with influence that extends into popular culture. These prizes contribute to democratizing literature, making it more accessible by creating a readership invested in critically acclaimed works. However, the systolic force of these literary prizes and the resultant notoriety pose an intriguing question. Can such recognition dilute the purity of creative endeavor? Indeed, several criticisms of the literary marketplace have been proffered over the years. The commercial imperative often wields substantial influence in the selection of prize winners, success, profitability, and marketability being key considerations. 
This has invariably led to perceived bias favouring a particular type of literature. For instance, literary realism has often been accused of dominating the Booker Prize shortlists, allegedly overshadowing experimental or genre-based narratives. On a related note, the capitalist ethos inherent in the literary marketplace is not immune from criticism. The industry, like any other, is geared towards profit-making. Monopolization by large publishing houses can often be detrimental to smaller independent publishers and lesser-known authors lacking the robust financial backing or resources garnered by more prominent entities. This commercial slant raises further ethical dilemmas, elucidating the tension between commercial success and artistic integrity. For a literary work to be translated into commercial success, concessions may need to be made, which could potentially involve diluting the complexity or uniqueness of a text to cater to a broader audience. Conversely, a resolute insistence on prioritizing artistic integrity might relegate a work to obscurity, a classic yet tragic case of a masterpiece of a masterpiece undiscovered in its own time. This deep-seated tension elicits an integral question. Should art be made to please anyone other than the artist? Pulitzer-winning author Jennifer Egan encapsulated this sentiment, maintaining that her literary renown allowed her the freedom to write uninhibitedly, allowing artistic integrity to be the driving force behind her work. Furthermore, critics argue that commercial success should not diminish the merit of a work, the premise being that a widely read thought-provoking book holds value in stimulating broader conversation and engagement with literature. In the literary echelons, the interplay between the marketplace, literary prizes, artistic integrity, and commercial success continues to provoke debate. The tensions are real, yet can be perceived as the growing pains of an industry striving to strike a balance between profitability and preserving the inestimable value of human creativity. These pressures, however, should not overshadow the fact that contemporary literature, despite or perhaps due to these complexities, continues to be a vibrant and dynamic field, reflecting the nuanced tapestry of human existence. Part 13. The Future of Literature. Emerging Genres and Trends. When we gaze ahead into the ambiguity of the future of literature, we find ourselves peering at an intriguing tapestry composed of innovative genres and burgeoning trends. Speculative fiction is one such genre that has seen a rapid uptake propelled by the proliferation of dystopian narratives. Pioneers of this tendency, such as Margaret Atwood and Suzanne Collins, employ the genre as an instrument to critique contemporary society's maladies, speculating on the repercussions of current political, ecological, and social trends. As revealed by the popularity of series such as The Hunger Games, this genre relays age-old concerns about authoritarian regimes, commodification of life, and environmental disintegration. As literature continues to evolve, a notable trend has been the continued experimentation with form and narrative style. Authors are eager explorers pushing at the boundaries of traditional narrative structures and tinkering with the reader's expectations. We have seen terse, fragmented narratives such as those in Jenny Offal's novels which compel readers to find coherence in chaos and appreciate the beauty of brevity. Another emerging trend is the increased incorporation of visual elements in narratives, as illustrated in works like Syed Hossein's Dijin City, adding a new layer of complexity and richness to storytelling. The horizon, however, is not merely populated by humans at work, but also machines. With the advent of artificial intelligence, i.e. one can foresee a shift in the authorship of literature. Indeed, AI has already made feeble yet significant strides into the realm of literature, producing poetry and prose after being trained on large amounts of text. The contributions of AI to literature, however, extend beyond authorship. AI is capable of analyzing vast quantities of literature, identifying patterns and themes that humans may overlook due to our cognitive limitations. I can also be leveraged to compile personalized reading lists and enhance reading comprehension. Nonetheless, AI invites an array of ethical and creative issues. The question of authenticity springs, pondering on whether a machine, devoid of human experiences and emotions, can genuinely create meaningful literature. Moreover, there is the threat of AI replacing human writers, thereby diminishing the prominence of personal narrative and diversity of the human experience in literature. Despite these dubious possibilities, technology and creativity have historically been dance partners, not adversaries. 
As we move forward, this partnership must be navigated with sagacity, ensuring the creative spirit of human literature lives on within the folds of innovation. The future of literature, molding under the forces of creativity, technology, and society, presents a fascinating, albeit uncertain, vision. Its potential flight path, while being dictated by factors such as the eye and the changing form and narrative styles, will importantly be steered by authors and readers who are ready to accept this cinematic shift. The creation and consumption of literature are arguably the most human of activities, and thus the future of literature will prominently bear the mark of our collective human identity. Part 14. Challenges and Criticisms of Postmodern Literature Postmodern literature presents characteristics that have been celebrated for their creativity, audacity, and ability to challenge established norms. However, they have not been without criticism. Two common complaints target postmodern literature, accusations of elitism and obscurantism. These criticisms offer valuable insights into the reception and challenges of this genre. The accusation of elitism emerges from the perception of postmodern literature as inaccessible and deliberately challenging to the uninitiated. Its complex narrative devices such as fragmentation, non-linearity, metafiction, and heavy use of intertextuality can create a sense of exclusion. This exclusion can particularly affect readers who may not have the prerequisite knowledge or cultural literacy to fully appreciate the nuances and references in the postmodern text. This is where the criticism of elitism takes root. Critics argue that postmodern literature speaks only to a select elite who have the necessary cultural, literary, and theoretical knowledge to decipher its complexities. Furthermore, critics claim that postmodern literature's characteristic obscurity stems from obscurantism, the deliberate prevention of facts or full knowledge. Postmodern authors have been accused of making their works unnecessarily complex, layering them with so much ambiguity and symbolism that it might obscure meaning rather than illuminate it. This perceived deliberate obscurity often leads to the question of whether postmodern literature is not merely a game of intellectual one-upmanship, where meaning becomes secondary to a dazzling display of narrative trickery. However, it is important to note that these characteristics are often deliberately employed by postmodern authors to critique and deconstruct traditional forms and norms of literature. In fact, many argue that this perceived elitism and obscurantism are not shortcomings, but rather essential components of postmodern literature. They force the reader to become an active participant in constructing meaning, thereby challenging the conventional reader-text relationship Yet while these criticisms may seem dismissive, they can spur useful discourse about the purpose and essence of literature, its accessibility, and its potential to either include or exclude certain demographic groups. They challenge us to critically analyze whether striving for intellectual complexity might overshadow the basic tenet of literature, communication, and expression of human experience. Above all, the accusations of elitism and obscurantism leveled at postmodern literature allow us valuable insight into the cultural, intellectual, and even social prerequisites needed to engage fully with this influential movement. It urges us to ask important questions about inclusivity and the balance between artistic innovation and accessibility, providing interesting avenues for discussion in the ever-evolving landscape of contemporary literature. Part 15. Conclusion the state of contemporary literature. With a mesmeric blend of old and new, the state of contemporary literature embodies diversity, dynamism, and constant reinvention. The transformative influence of postmodernist ideologies fuels this evolution, demythologizing the grandeur of linear narratives and totalizing ideas, encodalizing an embrace of multiplicity, variance, and even paradox. As we glance back through this extraordinary evolution of literary craft, we find that contemporary literature thrives on its kaleidoscopic versatility. It ranges from traditional genres to more hybrid forms that blur the boundaries between prose and poetry, graphic and textual art, print, and digital forms. It is home to intertextual mirrors and metafictional conundrums, daringly defying what was once labeled as proper literature. Contemporary literature is a chameleonic organism morphing to incorporate myriad perspectives from across the globe, reflecting the intricate complexity of our modern world. The impetus behind this diversification and dynamism emanates, in part, from the transformations postmodernism spearheaded in our collective literary consciousness. 
postmodernism questioned the authoritative canons, marking an axis shift from the centre to the origins and contesting the dichotomy of high and low culture. The reverberations of this pivot from monolithic grand narratives to a pluralistic decentralized textuality still echoes in contemporary literature. This shift unshackled literature from its traditional conceptions and formats, ushering an epoch of innovation that continues to bloom. Postmodernism breached the dam, allowing a torrent of suppressed voices to inundate the literary landscape. Feminist literature extrapolated the essence of postmodernism to articulate the deep-rooted silences and gaps that pervaded hegemonic narrative. Postcolonial literature, burgeoning under postmodernism's decentering ethos, born from hybridity and cultural fluidity, championed the voices from the erstwhile imperceptible corners of the world. Everywhere we look, there's evidence of postmodernism unhinging the presupposed doors and excavating uncharted territories. Recent trends, autofiction, graphic novels, and speculative fiction can be seen as an extension of this spirit, allowing newer, unconventional ways to construct and interpret realities. The explosion of digital formats and interactive storytelling reimagines the linearity of narrative and reader engagement marrying technology with text in astonishing ways. In many ways, this is the legacy of postmodernism. A multitude of paths, myriad voices, and numerous ways to tell a story. The challenge lies in navigating these boundless seas and redefining our relationship with literature. A challenge, one believe, worth exploring, but this exploration is far from over. As we venture forward, the influence and implications of postmodernist thought remain crucial for understanding the evolution of literature. Contemporary literature, eschewing closure, instead throws open a pantheon of possibilities as a humble observer of this grand narrative, we can but marvel at the colorful tapestry of voices, genres, and perspectives, and look forward to the narratives yet to bloom on this vast textual canvas. Thus, it is in the diversity and dynamism of contemporary literature, and the transformative influence of postmodernism, that we find the promise of a literary future that is not yet written but ripe with glorious potential. This concludes our podcast titled contemporary literature, postmodernism, and beyond. We hope to see you again on our next installment of Professor Lan A.I. Explores Humanity. Thank you.